Spring into reading this season with the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Spring Reading Guide. In this season's guide, I've handpicked 21 of the best new books and I've organized them across six categories. So whether you're looking for a romance novel that will give you a happily ever after, a thrilling mystery to keep you guessing, or an immersive historical fiction book, this guide has a book or three or seven just for you. Now, if 21 books sounds like too much for you, there's a minimalist reads list in the guide, which includes a list of six must-read books from across genres. But wait, that's not all. The spring reading guide also includes fun recipes, spring activities and lifestyle tips. So head on over to springreadingguide.com and download your copy of the guide. That's springreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the 2024 spring reading guide. So download your free copy and discover your next favorite book. Happy reading! I'm Victoria from Biblio Lifestyle, and you're listening to the Reader's Couch Podcast, the show that will help you bridge the gap between living a full and busy life to one where you're reading, learning new things, and having fun. Today on the couch, I'm so excited to welcome author Pim Wangdishwat to talk about her debut novel, The Moon Represents My Heart. The Moon Represents My Heart follows a Chinese-British family of time travellers as they seek connections over borders and time. In the novel, we see two lovers who are divided by time and two siblings who must piece together what remains of their family when their time-travelling parents go missing. Now, in this episode, Pim and I talk about her debut novel, the news of it being adapted for screen. We talk about her history with fan fiction. And Pim also shares some great book recommendations with us. Now, readers, unfortunately, when I was conducting this interview, Pim was traveling and the Wi-Fi connection wasn't all that great. So the interview has a bit of an abrupt end, but I promise it's just as insightful and just as fun. So let's get into the episode because I can't wait for you to listen to my chat with author Pim Wangdishwat. Hi there, could you do me a favour really quick? Would you pretty please subscribe to the show, leave me a five-star rating if you like it, and share an episode or two with your bookish friends? Better yet, if you could drop a link to the show or to your favourite episode in your book club or bookish group chat, that works too. I promise it only takes a few seconds, it really helps the show, plus I'll be incredibly grateful for it. So thanks in advance and now on to the episode. Hi readers, welcome again to The Reader's Couch. I'm your host, Victoria Wood, and here on the couch with me to talk about her debut novel, The Moon Represents My Heart, is author Pim Wangdeschwat. Hi Pim, welcome to The Reader's Couch. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to be here. 
Oh, I'm so excited to have you here as well. Uh, before we get into the details of your book, I mean, how excited are you? This is your debut. How are you feeling? Uh, it definitely feels surreal. Like um, I've wanted to be a writer since I was very young. I love books. I love reading. So this all feels like a dream come true, but also nerve-wracking and also kind of new territory. So it's a lot of different feelings, like a roller coaster, <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I can only imagine, but mm-hmm. I'm so excited about your new book. I can't wait for more readers to get their hands on a copy, but I want them to hear it from you. Tell us about The Moon Represents My Heart and what can readers expect when they pick up a copy? Oh, thank you so much. So The Moon Represents My Heart is um, a, a story about a family of British Chinese time travelers. So the premise of the book starts when the parents named Joshua and Lily go back in time on a trip to the past and they don't return. So the rest of the story follows how the children, Tommy and Eva, deal with that grief and the, deal with that loss and how that affects their own abilities to time travel. And a parallel story to this is also um, the story. The book also follows the story of the father as he um, moves from Hong Kong to England and how he meets his wife and they fall in love and they form a family. So I always pitch this book as the time traveler's wife meets the Joy Luck Club. <laughs> I think that's a that's a hook that people can understand. So yeah, so if if you like time travel stories or even if you're not um, this because this book is not very sci-fi at all, but if you love time travel. Or if you love stories about family, about relationships and characters, this is, um, I hope you'll enjoy this book. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, I adored this book. Again, can't wait for readers to get their hands on a copy so we can discuss it even more. But I want us to touch on the characters a bit. So let's start with Joshua. I thought Joshua's story was just incredibly compelling. I loved how we saw his story, you know, his childhood in Hong Kong, which was a very classist society. And then him moving to London and he was just so determined to do well. And of course, course he meets and falls in love with Lily there but I want you to share with our listeners a bit more about Joshua's backstory because I thought it was again just really compelling really well done just really captivating I loved it thank you so much it's really kind that makes me so happy to hear because um um the Joshua chapters are some of my favorite ever to write and for those who don't uh, haven't read the book yet so um Joshua grows up in Hong Kong and he goes grows up in this um, very specific location called the um, the Kowloon War City, which doesn't exist anymore. So it's this um, building, like on top of buildings, this um, space where there's, um, the British didn't have any jurisdiction and the Chinese government didn't have any jurisdiction. So this place is um, renowned for like um, crime and drugs and prostitution. That's the stereotypes associated with this community. But Actually, there's so much more to it, to the story than what we know. So Joshua grows up in this um, this wall city and he um, begins to um, discover his time traveling abilities. And that leads him to moving to England. And Joshua's story, I love that you um, find, find it, uh, find it um, well written. Um, it's because a lot of Joshua is based on my dad, my dad's experiences mm. and my grandfather's experiences. So my dad, um, my dad grew up in Hong Kong since he was seven years old, and he did have the opportunity opportunity to go inside the Kowloon War City when he was a teenager. Oh, when he was in his early twenties. Sorry. So 
a lot of that experience is based on my dad's past, and my my grandfather was also um, born. Um, he was born in China, but he immigrated to Thailand in his twenties, and I had the um, experience of living in London as well, moving from Thailand to the West. So Josh, a lot of Josh's characters is all of our family history like meshed together. And there's, I also had a really good time writing um, the love story between Joshua and Lily because I felt like so much of Joshua is based on my grandfather, as I mentioned. And in real life, um, my grandparents didn't have that um, loving super supportive marriage so I felt like I wanted to give them what they didn't have in the books through the love story right right absolutely I love hearing that it's rooted in your family story as well uh but tell us about Lily tell us a bit about Lily and her backstory um Lily Lily um is Chinese but she's born in the UK and I through her family history I had um I could really use her character to explore a lot of the Chinese immigrant experience in the UK. So I've lived in the UK for um, a few years and I have like strong ties here. So I, and I've always been a student of history. I'm always, I've always been fascinated by history, but like so much of um, the history that we learned growing up, um, a lot of the history is very um often told through the white lens and stories about people of color aren't very, aren't very told or aren't very well known. So through the writing of Lily's character, I got to, I had the chance to explore classism as well um, and her family history, which is very much tied to the Chinese immigrant experience in the UK. I got to um, research um, the old Chinatown in the London East End. I also had the opportunity to research the oldest Chinatown in England, which is in Liverpool. And I got to um, research about lots about the history of Chinese sailors in World War II and what and and also what it was like for those sailors after the war ended as well. So for me, writing Lily it was not just not just this um, female character that's based in so much on my own struggles with being a woman, but also based on real tangible history. Yeah, so that was a privilege to write. Yeah, that, it's just amazing. I love that you're giving voice to these stories um, of so many. I was also fascinated with the siblings, Tommy and oh. Eva. I adored them. It was just so great uh, reading about the siblings. Tell me about Tommy and Eva and the backstory for both of them. So um, Tommy and Eva are twins in the books, in the book. And a lot of... Um, that um those two characters are based on myself and my brother I don't have a twin but I have a younger brother and we're very close so we're like best friends and um I wanted to um show the differences between Tommy and Eva and how they how differently they deal with the loss of their parents as well because I feel like grief comes in many forms and we confront it in different ways or we choose not to confront it in different ways so I wanted to um have not one but two characters going through the same thing so readers can see can can relate or can see themselves in both experiences and a lot of um, the dynamics between Tommy and Eva 
again, a base on me and my brother with well, a little like added drama <laughs> and a lot of um, the relationship between the children and the parents are based on my relationship with my my dad and my mom and also my brother's relationship with my dad and my mom. So what's fun about, not maybe fun is not the right word, but maybe what was interesting about writing Tommy and Eva is that it's like my own history and my mm-hmm. own experiences, but also there's something else added to it. Just um, so, and I got to explore other things that maybe I didn't get to explore as well through these characters. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I really enjoyed this one again. Loved seeing the sibling relationship with Tommy and Eva. Um, they spiral, they kind of, you know, separate. <laughs> They grow yes. apart, but then they come back, you know, and find their way back to each other. Yes. It came full circle for me, oh. and um, I really, really enjoyed it. But also, there's just some amazing news about The Moon Represents My Heart. Not only is it such a beautiful novel that we have in our hands that we can read, but also you have TV news, television news, and <laughs> the rights were sold for your book. I mean, how excited are you? Netflix and uh, actress Gemma Chan. I mean, so exciting. Yeah. That's just so surreal because all of this also happened before the publication of the book. So it's, mm-hmm. all, it's very hard to wrap my head around. And well, right now we're in development. So... Yeah, it's definitely a very interesting experience because you you find yourself kind of like oh, get your book getting option is always seen as you know the cherry on top, and sometimes when book books get option they just sit there for a long time and nothing happens. <laughs> but now that we're sort of developing it, it's sort of like oh, kind of you're like kind of like on edge because like you kind of want to see it happen, but you also kind of like oh, let's like save ourselves and just like pace this (laughs) but it's definitely been but it's definitely been um an interesting experience but what I find encouraging about that is that it's um very reassuring that there have been other people who've read the book and resonated with it so much to this extent so that's as a as an author that just um gives me that just makes me so happy so I think that's the main takeaway Absolutely. I think it's just an amazing um, story, not just your book, but its trajectory so far. And yeah, really excited to see where all of this goes. But I want to get into your writing life really quick. I mean, I know you you shared that the book was, you know, partly inspired by your grandparents, their story, a bit about your younger sibling. But tell me about the initial idea that came to you Mm -hmm. and um, made you decide to write this novel, which again is your debut. And it's just mind blowing to me that this was your first book. So tell me about those early days when you were writing. Um, so I wrote this book when I was living in Edinburgh, Scotland, actually. So I was doing um, my postgrad degree in creative writing. And <laughs> because I've always wanted to write a novel, I didn't know how to start. So I thought, okay, I have this opportunity. Like, let me try and, you know, make something happen. So as part of our first, I think one of our first classes, my lecturer gave um, gave us like an assignment. We basically had to come into class with 10 story ideas. And this was one of them <laughs> and I didn't I it was just a lot the other story ideas were like something like other silly things like pirates they were like I don't know what what was happening in those other story ideas but this one came about 
um, because I was going through a period in my life where I found myself thinking about my own history a lot and thinking about past relationships and people I've lost and um, not necessarily through death, but just like people going in and out of your life. And my grandfather also passed a few years before I started writing this book as well. So I was thinking of all of that. And I was thinking a lot about what makes me who I made me who I am. And why do I make certain decisions that I make? And I felt myself going back to my own relationship with my father a lot. And by extension, his relationship with his father. So I, I was at the point where I felt myself ruminating about my past a lot to the, to the point that I felt like, oh, how do I find a way to move forward? And that just sort of gave me the idea of like, what would happen if someone were to become addicted to traveling back in time? And that just gave me the idea for Tommy's character, who in the book, if you haven't read it, um, he gets kind of addicted to, to going back to the past a lot and staying in the past instead of finding a life in the, in the present. So that, gives, that gave me the initial idea and the story of the family just expanded from that, from that point. Right, right. Okay. How long did it take for you to write the book, start to finish? Uh, start to finish, I think it was like a year and a bit. I think for the first draft, it took me like a year and like including edits, it's like a year and a half. What would you say is the most difficult part of your creative process? Like, what what do you struggle with the most? I think for me, what I struggle with the most is um, was definitely finishing the first draft. Um, I've never finished a long, like a long form, like a length, like, like a lengthy project before. I think the only thing I've ever finished was a fanfic. <laughs> so I wrote fan fiction for a while. And I think the longest story I've ever written is like a fanfic. And so that's the only long thing I've ever finished. So definitely um, finishing the first draft was a challenge. And also being disciplined enough to sit down and actually write. And also um, a lot of the later chapters, especially the Tommy chapters in the end, when he sort of like spirals a bit, when not to <laughs> provide any spoilers, but when things start to start to go wrong those chapters were super hard to write because I I struggle with kind of like finding balance between um, the tragedy of it and kind of like keeping it still like accessible for readers to read so yes that those are definitely the hardest parts so I'm really curious about your fanfic life. <laughs> you, yes. you, mentioned, you mentioned writing some fanfics. So yes. tell me some of the fanfiction rabbit holes you've been down. Oh, I used to live like, uh, I used to live in like um, fanfiction.net and Tumblr and AO3 archive of our own. So um, mm-hmm. when I was younger, it's definitely like fandoms like Harry Potter, like most people read. And then it, it kind of like changed into like Star Wars and Marvel and mm-hmm. but I always um a little bit of the Chronicles of Narnia as well <laughs> yeah. but I'm always a, the sort of person who likes um very character focused pieces so I feel like my fan fiction tastes are a little bit like niche a little bit kind of like um sometimes they're set in weird alternative universes I think there's like one of my favorite um fanfics is actually um a chronicles of narnia fanfic actually but 
it's set in World War Two, which the series of books are, but it's actually very like historical based, and it's about the British war effort in America during the Second World War. The British, the which is based on real history, basically how Britain was trying to like get America to join the war through through kind of like a bit of like shady means. <laughs> so I feel like my fan fiction interest is definitely kind of very like historical fiction based and very like character focused. So it's definitely a very like weird niche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no worries. I'm sure there's a listener here, whether it's Marvel, whether it's yeah. Narnia, any of those uh, fandoms, I'm sure uh, someone can relate because who doesn't love a good fan fiction? I know I do. Yes. Yes, and I do feel like some people frown upon fan fiction and think it's not real writing. But I've actually read some fanfics that are actually better than some published books, if I'm allowed mm-hmm. to say so. Like, there's some very like talented like writers in the fan fiction community. Community, absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. So, kind of looking back, Pim, you have now published your debut novel. Um, but looking back, if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would you tell her? Oh, maybe be yourself or like tell the stories that you know. Or there's no shame in your own stories and your own feelings. Because I think when I was growing up, um, there wasn't a lot of... I think I, because of the books that were available and the movies that were available, I was consuming um, stories that were very specific, if that makes sense. It's very, um, like, I felt like if I didn't have stories similar to the, those stories or if I wasn't a certain type of writer, no one would want to read or want to hear what I have to say or my life or my experiences doesn't hold or don't hold a lot of weight so I would tell my younger self that that's those things are not true at all and this space and this room for so many different kinds of experiences and so many different kinds of voices and it's okay to just be yourself and bring yourself to the to the table and that's enough Absolutely. We are enough. Our stories don't have to be the same. I'm just so happy we're in a time and place where we are celebrating individuality. We are embracing differences because I think that's what makes us who we are. Yes, definitely. Absolutely. So I don't want to be too greedy now, Pim, but are you working on any other projects, any other books? What are you doing? What are you working on? (laughs) I'm actually working on my second book right now. And, uh, I finished the first draft and I'm actually in the process of starting editing on it. And yeah, so as opposed to the first one, it's it's supposed to be a love story, but I'm trying to like Ooh. figure figuring um figuring it out. It's I shouldn't say this, but I think it's a bit of a mess. So I mean so it definitely needs like work. But yeah. Yeah, yeah but I yeah, I hope people will enjoy enjoy it when I finally get it into better shape. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's early days yet, but at least now we know there is a book on the way. You're working on something and um, that's exciting. It's amazing. So I'm really happy we have something to look forward to. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. 
All right, Pim, I want to get into your reading life because I know we're here to talk about the moon represents my heart, but readers want to know what you're reading. So share with our listeners the last book or books that you finished reading that you'd now recommend. So um, I finished, um, I I just finished like three um, great books. So one is Yellow Face by Ive Kwong, like Rebecca Kwong. I mm-hmm. think this one doesn't need much like introduction because I think lots of people know about it and know what it's about. So I finish it in a day. So I would definitely recommend like people reading it. It's definitely a very illuminating read and it's more layered than I thought it would be. So definitely. I would recommend reading it the week of your publication <laughs> because I think she called it like um a horror story about the publishing industry. So uh, maybe if you're in the publishing industry, maybe time the read well. (laughs) Um, The second book is... Okay, readers, unfortunately, this is where Pim and I lost connection. When we did this interview, Pim was traveling and unfortunately, the Wi-Fi was not reliable. However, during the interview, I was making notes and the books she read and loved and would now recommend are Yellow Face by R.F. Kwong, Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zorna and Small Joys by Elvin James Mensah. Fun fact, I did an interview with Elvin, the author of Small Joys. So if you go back to episode 97, you can listen to that interview there as well. And then the books that Pim was looking forward to reading in the year ahead are A Portrait of a Thief by Grace D. Lee, The Revels by Stacey Thomas, and All Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. So unfortunately, I know it's an abrupt end, but that's it for today's author interview. I hope you'll give this book a go. I really enjoyed it. And again, it's entitled The Moon Represents My Heart by Pim Wangdishwat. much for listening to the reader's couch podcast please subscribe to the show share it with a friend and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review until next time stay lounging stay reading and whenever you're in doubt go straight to your local bookstore or library thanks again for listening and happy reading